I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco schools are now moving to reopen. But the big question this week is how that will happen and how long will it take? The big news, the city school district reached a tentative deal with unions that represent teachers and other workers. The agreement sets the conditions needed for staff to return. So what's next? That's a question for our guest today, education reporter Jill Tucker. Jill, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be back. So the latest is is a big union deal that finally gets us moving in this direction. What is the what is the union deal? So the union deal is a tentative agreement um, that's up for a vote next week, but it is with all the labor unions in the district and and basically sets the health and safety guidelines um, for staff for a return to school to reopen. Um, it, it's been a pretty big hurdle because uh, the unions have been asking for a lot of different types of conditions, dealing with ventilation, dealing with, uh, you know, case counts in the community. Um, even, even in one case, the teachers union wanted lids on every toilet just in case you could spread, you know, COVID from flushing, which is not actually a thing. There are no cases related to that, just to be clear. So everyone's dealing with this every, around the Bay Area, this conditions to return, right? And it it, they've got to line it up with the tiers, um, and they've got to line it up with vaccinations. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, everybody is struggling to figure out how to bring everybody back safely. What does that mean? And whether or not they should follow sort of the state, federal, and county guidelines, or whether they should be more strict. And in most cases, they're going with the more strict, and that's the case in San Francisco. But, but the reality is getting to this agreement was huge because – um, without the teachers and other staff agreeing on the safety requirements, you know, schools just simply couldn't reopen. And and what specifically do they need to do in San Francisco? Do they need to be vaccinated? Do all the teachers? They do if the county is in the red tier, which is a step below where we are in most counties right now, which is purple. Red is still high case count, but not as bad as purple. Um, so schools can reopen in red if staff that are in person uh, are vaccinated. If the uh, city is in the orange tier, which is another step down in case counts, uh, then the staff uh, doesn't need to be vaccinated. So the agreement sort of takes a look at case counts in the community and is a little flexible in terms of, of where that is and what's required for reopening. All right. So that that's the deal on conditions, but there's a lot left, right? Oh, gosh, yes. So um, basically, even though they have this deal for safety, and health, they still have to negotiate with the teachers union on what the school day is going to look like once they reopen. So that includes how many hours the kids are going to be there, what's the scheduling like, um, just all the other educational aspects of, of coming back to in-person learning, um, you know, whether teachers are going to do distance learning and um, in-person learning or how that's all going to work out. So there's a still there's still a lot to work out. Um, in addition to that, the district still has to get permission from county health officials to reopen. They only have a, about five schools that have uh, that they've gone through the process of applying and getting that permission. They have to set up the testing, um, which is also part of the, the agreement um, that students and staff are regularly tested. It depends on, again, the tier, but nonetheless, they have to have a regular testing program. 
They have to make sure that all the buildings are ready for distance or for social distancing. Um, you know, there's a long to-do list. Uh, they've been making their way through it. But even after all that's done, even after they have the agreement with the teachers union, it's still going to take another five weeks to sort of set up the scheduling, notify families, get staff and students tested, all of these things. So uh, what what the district has told me is that we're, we're probably looking at at least two months from now, even though we have this re- widely touted agreement, schools probably still won't open the first ones, not for another two months. The district is hoping, fingers crossed, to have some kids in, in-person learning for six weeks before the summer starts, which isn't really a lot, right? Yeah, no, I I, I think we had talked before about that we might not have any of this kind of uh, in-person learning this year. And now they're, they're talking about six weeks. Um, are they talking at all about extending into that summer? Not about extending into the summer. They're talking about um, extend, uh, expanded summer school for kids. So if they can reopen the schools and get some of these kids back in in the summer school program, um, they will do that. Um, again, though, there's no guarantee that they will actually get the schools open. There are so many ifs and question marks um, and things that have to be checked off before they can do that. So I think, you know, that six weeks is, you know, is the goal right now, um, even though there are still about 16 weeks left uh, before summer break. All right. So when we talk about this, Jill, when we talk about phasing it in, how to go about maybe the younger uh, grades versus the older grades, whether to extend, whether to do an extended summer school. Is this going to be different district by district around the Bay Area? Or are there rules that say, no, you have to do it a certain way? No, essentially every district, you know, out of the more than thousand districts in the state are figuring this out on their own. So, you know, in many cases, some districts are open. A lot of Bay Area districts are not open. Um, They are all figuring out how to open. They're all negotiating their own agreements with labor unions. They're figuring out their daily schedule, which grades to bring back, whether they're going to have summer school, and then ultimately what the fall looks like, right? I mean, that's kind of the next step is, you know, what is the fall going to look like? Are we going to be back to normal or are we still going to be in hybrid schedules? And that might be different district to district as well. And is that a lot to do with how the coronavirus is spreading in a community or is there is it also just some some politics and 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 how people are affected in terms of the desperation of getting their kids back in I think actually it's a lot of things. It is it is the coronavirus. I mean, we have variants out there and if we start seeing cases surging in certain communities, then that's going to affect um, which schools are opening, opening, but you also have a lot of politics in play. It completely depends on sort of the leadership of the district and the school board and the unions, you know, so Manteca and many other districts have been open for months. Um, they just have a, you know, it's, it's not because of the case counts per se. It's just because they have a very different, um, leadership, different politics, um, different just perspective on getting back to uh, classes, and 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 to a certain degree, a belief in what public health officials are saying. They believe the science and and what the health of, and the the fact that health officials say it's safe to go back. Um, a lot of places, like in San Francisco, they they haven't really taken that that advice from health officials to heart, um, and so have been a little slower, a little more leery. Um, it, it, during uh, during the uh, closure. 
All right. Well, that's why we have local school boards and local elective representatives, as we know. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back on Fifth and Mission right after this. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa talking to Jill Tucker, our education reporter about reopening plans for schools, which are getting underway, especially in San Francisco, where there was a union deal over the weekend. And they're now looking at the conditions uh, in which to return and also what that school day is going to look like. Jill, you've talked to a lot of different people, teachers, uh, students, families about their emotions with this. How how are families uh, dealing with this question? Um, are are they happy with the school district? Is there a split? Are are I I I know some families who have moved to private schools. Uh, I know that you've talked to some that may even be thinking of moving out of the city. What's the what is the what is the the, the sort of range of emotions? Yeah, I think you know there there is a a vast range of of perspectives in this, and there there among teachers, among parents, among you know uh, principals, uh, district officials. I mean, the reality is you it's it's it it's goes from people who do not want to return right now under any conditions. And that goes for teachers and families and others, right? Like they basically, whether it's their own personal health issues or other types of things, they basically are just saying, no, we're not going back. Um, doesn't matter if there's a vaccine, doesn't matter, you know, as long as the virus is here with these types of case counts, we're not going back. Um, and, and then on the far end, at the other end, you have people who are like reopen right now tomorrow because, uh, and and this is health officials. This is you know there are teachers in this group, and certainly many 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 parents, um, because they're st- seeing the devastating effects on their family, um, on their income, and most importantly on their kids. And um, I'm really starting to see it. And and I I would say I've really started to seeing it um, since the winter break of schools, where families are are really um, hitting crisis. Um, in terms of how their kids are doing. I, the number of families that are emailing me saying that their A student, their gregarious kid can't get out of bed anymore. Um, that, you know, the, the emergency visits to hospitals for mental health issues for young people has doubled, if not more. Um, you know, that it, it, it's just a devastating impact um, to isolate children um, for a year uh, or more. And, you know, to keep them locked up, to have them on the screen, to not have social interaction. And it's really taking the toll. And I would say right now, those are the loudest people. It's hard to tell if that's the majority, although I think um, most polls and surveys show that the majority of parents want schools to reopen and they would go back. Um, but yeah, that 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 voice um, right now is very much the loudest um, from health officials and parents and, and many in the education community, that it, we are at a, a critical, critical crisis mode um, in, in terms of what this is doing to the kids. But really complicated, isn't it, by the fact that we still don't know when teachers are going to be prioritized in every community for vaccinations, because I think there was some some feeling that that, that would be the, the ultimate way to do it get vaccinated, even though maybe the kids won't be, but have the, have the teachers vaccinated. And now we just, we don't know about that. 
Yeah, I mean, the governor said uh, today, reiterated, as did Mayor London Breed and many other people, that teachers are still a priority for them and that they are working to get them prioritized. In San Francisco, they're still on the first tier of vaccinations, which is, you know, the the people over 75 and medical professionals and things like that. They haven't gotten down to the next tier where teachers would be. Um, and so, uh, but when they do, teachers will be prioritized. I've heard, it, heard things like in San Francisco that they would literally just get 6,000 vaccinations and have an all-day event where they vaccinate all teachers and staff that are going to be in person. You know, that they could do it in one day, get that first dose out there. Um, other places have started vaccinating teachers, like in Marin, but they had to pull back because of shortages. Um, you know, so it depends on the county and the availability of vaccinations. I do think that in most places, teachers are still prioritized and they will get the vaccine, um, you know, before uh, a lot of other groups. I got to tell you, my girls, uh, they really want to go back to school. They're, you know, they're tired of, of, distance learning, but they keep saying, I want to go back when it's full-time, not so interested in the hybrid learning. I, I, I don't know if, if that's something that, that people are wary of or how hybrid learning is, is going and whether people are having a good experience with it. You know, I think it really depends. I, I heard from a lot of parents this week that if San Francisco only goes back like for each kid two days a week for two hours at a time, then it's it's hard. It makes it harder, actually. Like it's almost not worth it. Um, and so I think it really depends. I mean, the, the, the schools that are back, um, some are back full time. Um, some of the schools in Marin and private schools, um, a lot of them are doing hybrid programs where kids are going to school for like a half a day, three times a week. Um and and so it really it really depends. I do think that if it's if we're just talking an hour or two a couple times a week, I, I'm not sure that's going to satisfy parents or children um, in that case or your daughters. Right. I mean, that's it's almost not worth it to get ready to go and get them there and do all of the things that you have to do to turn around and pick them up two hours later. Um, at least that's what I'm hearing from a lot of parents. So it, unless for some kids, that's what they need to, to engage and, and, and yeah, get back. I mean, that, I think there are families out there that if you, if you told them that their kids could go back for 10 minutes a day, they would, they would instantly drive them over. Right. Like they, mm. their kids so desperately need that interaction. It really depends on family logistics, parents working, you know, all of those types of things that come into play in terms of getting kids to and from school. You mentioned Marin. I want to ask you: Is there is there truth to to that? A lot of families are looking to private schools. Moving to Marin now, obviously, that is something that is not available to most students, and a lot of students that are struggling is just to pull up and move to Marin County. Um, but is that happening? Yes, definitely. I mean, there are are parents uh, across uh, you know all all places where they're not reopened but particularly in San Francisco where they've switched to private schools um it, they have uh moved to Marin temporarily um so they can you know have their kids in school i've heard of some cases where kids are staying with grandparents across the country because the schools are open back there um obviously that this is not something that every parent can do um, but in, in many cases, um, you know, what they've said, told me is that they've hit the wall and they just can't do it anymore it, for their kids' health, for their kids' mental health, um, that they had to take action. And again, you know, that's not something that everyone can do, but, um, you know, San Francisco, um, you know, could see hundreds of families that leave and, and don't come back after the pandemic. And, and is that going to be an issue for San Francisco just 
for basic funding. Eventually, it won't hit them right away because they're, uh, you know, the government understands or the state uh, state officials understand that that you know charging them for students that are not showing up right now or or, or might be you know spending their time somewhere else, you know, wouldn't be quite fair to to financially um, ding them for that. But but the reality is down the line, funding is based on enrollment, and if the district doesn't recover that enrollment, they would lose money. All right, Jill Tucker, thanks for coming on again. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.